Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. You know, I normally don't introduce my book club podcasts, although maybe I should. But in this case, I felt the need to say something. This one's a different one. Yeah. So, And it's also sort of about a book, sort of about a movie, sort of about life. Like, this is an unusual podcast. It is, TC. The year was 2004. You were there that day, right? I love that you don't know this. Yes, I was. Okay. I can hear the F words ringing in my ears. Well, I remember this. We were we were at the old joint, right? So we were at WPHT's old studio. Yeah. So like you must old, not old have been joint. associated with me for long because we hadn't moved to the new place yet. Yeah, I was new. So I was, I guess, doing afternoon drive. No, morning. No way this happened in the morning. A hundred percent happened in the morning. No way. You didn't way. do afternoon drive at the old, old joint. You did afternoon drive at the new joint. No, I did morning drive at the new joint. Okay. Are wow, you insane? You really... I never worked for you. I worked for you when you went to morning drive in Philadelphia. I never worked for you for afternoon drive, only after you got syndicated. 
Can we agree it was 2004? That we know. Okay. Maybe this is why. And it was in the morning. Hey, maybe this is why we don't. TC, it was the afternoon. Michael, I bet your children's life and my daughter's don't life ever that it was in that. the morning. Don't ever do that. I'm I'll totally bet sure. you a dollar. I'm a thousand percent sure. Okay. And I'm a thousand percent sure it was afternoon. All right. Anyway, people are wondering, what is this all about? So in 2004, Friday Night Lights, the movie, was released based on the best-selling book by Pulitzer Prize winner, Philadelphia author, Buzz Bissinger, who I would regard as somewhat of a friend up until what you're about to hear. So I knew Buzz because Buzz had written a book about the then Philadelphia mayor called Prayer for the City. And I featured not prominently, but I, you know, I'm in that book. I'm in that book. And I and I think Buzz did a hell of a job with that book. And Buzz was, you know, he was sort of on the come. And then he writes Friday Night Lights after embedding himself in, uh, in I guess, a West Texas town where he 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 writes a book about the culture of Friday night football in Texas and the TV show. Am I right about this? TC had yet to come. I mean, the the movie preceded Preceded the TV show, the TV show, I think. So Buzz Bissinger is now doing the rounds to talk about the release of a movie based on his book, Friday Night Lights and Friday Night Lights. The TV show would come two years later. Okay. So I had been offered the opportunity to go to an advance screening of the movie. And I did. And I remember going to a theater on Delaware Avenue in Center City, Philadelphia, and taking with me my dad. I took with me my dad because my father loved high school football. My father was a high school football, college football referee for many, many years. I mean, eat, sleep, drink high school and college football. And my dad was very much tied to the football program at my alma mater, Central Bucks West, a perennial football powerhouse, at least back in the day. My dad later in life would become the the on-field announcer for the Bucks of Central Bucks West. So, like, dad was my date to go and see the movie. Dad was appalled by Friday Night Lights because my dad thinks there's thought that there was such great virtue in high school athletics football in particular. And he thought that it was a very negative depiction of high school football. And as he watched the movie that night with me, I know he was thinking they could have easily made this film about not Texas football, but Pennsylvania high school football. And dad didn't like it. So I said to my dad on the way home from the movie, Buzz Bissinger is coming into my studio. I I guess it was a weekend and we were going to do the interview maybe Monday or Tuesday thereafter. And I said, Dad, he's bringing uh, Peter Berg, who is the director of the film. Now, this is this is why this is such a great podcast is because Buzz is such a uh, a writing. Uh, what would I say? Institution, fixture, success. And Peter Berg, who I only knew as the young director who was Buzz's cousin, was in the midst of an incredible career of his own, which culminates in later, like five or so years later, he directed Lone Survivor based on Marcus Luttrell's book. Look up Peter Berg and you will see some awfully impressive credentials. But again, he was just a young guy at the time, 2004. So 
they come into the studio that day. Buzz Bissinger, the Pulitzer Prize winner, and Peter Berg, the the now famous director. And sitting in studio with me is my dad. And my dad is wearing uh, his CB West football jacket that day. And Buzz is just not in a good place. He was just not in a good place. And he and Peter were opposite my father and me. And what I remember is that the interview disintegrated immediately when Buzz set his eyes on my dad in his football jacket. I was intending to offer my father the opportunity to talk to Buzz about high school football. Not in a gotcha kind of way. What 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 are you saying, TC? That was not how Buzz saw it. No. That's my recollection. No, Buzz right. Buzz was like a Buzz saw Correct. because he thought he was being set up, right? So I remember Buzz, you know, F you, F your father, F football, F everybody, and walking out of the studio oh, after yeah. throwing the headphones. Oh, yeah. I'm leaving, he says. And, and off he goes. And the famous director, Peter Berg, says, well, I'll stick around. And they're, they're like handlers in the, in the, you know, <laughs> on my side of the glass. Because back right. in the old days, we were on the other side of the glass. And there are these young, you know, women, wide-eyed including me. I mean, it was really something. And there were people from the studio who were, you know, from the radio station who were lurking outside the door because this was a big deal. Sure. It yeah, was. I mean, the movie had just launched. It really was a something. You know, Philadelphia author. Buzz is a well-known personality. We didn't speak for a few years after this incident that you're about to hear. And we ended up speaking after we were seated at the same t- uh, table at Danny Seisler's Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> and when I realized I'm now going to be seated next to Buzz, I walked up behind him and I asked whether he ordered the chicken or the fish. Did I tell you that? And then we were fine. <laughs> and then he turns around and he looks at me and it's like, okay, you know. What are we going to do? And we, so we sit there and, and that was, and then Buzz ends up joining the radio station as a talk radio host and he used to come in in leather and high heels yes he did right yes he did this was before it came out that he had both a a leather fetish it was like a leather cross-dressing but also shopping like it was a real issue like yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. um and and discussed it openly the italian whatever the italian leather versace dolce and gabbana whatever it was something they they used to fly him over yeah they would fly him to italy mortgage proportion Yeah. yeah Just because he was such a, uh, th- that was his thing. And by the way, Peter Berg, in you're about to hear his voice, he was a producer of the documentary called Buzz, which aired on HBO and was just like jarring, phenomenal. Wow. Something you got to see. So uh, anything else that you wanted to say on, on this uh, first ever introduction of, of a book club? This was just a really, really memorable day. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. So, all right. It's me, it's Buzz Bissinger, it's Peter Berg, and it's my late father. The year is 2004. I'm calling this a book club podcast because it's all predicated on Buzz Bissinger's book, Friday Night Lights. Enjoy. Buzz Bissinger is a uh, an old friend of mine and has been on the program uh, several times in the past, and he's he's back today in the studios of the Big Talker 1210, which I'm appreciative of. Buzz, how you doing? Hey, Michael, how are you? Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. Correct. We don't hold against yeah. Buzz the fact that he used to work at the Philadelphia Inquirer. We ignore that. We're happy to have you nonetheless. And and also Peter Berg, who you guys are cousins. We're cousins, we yes, that's and, correct. And Peter is a uh, is a Hollywood heavyweight. I mean, Peter, I I I knew that I yeah. There you go. Flexion. I, I knew that I'd seen you because I saw you with. Uh, it was Tom Cruise, right? I was in Collateral. Yes, I was with Tom Cruise in Collateral. I've acted for, for a long time. 
I was in The Great White Hype and Aspen Extreme and Copland, but now I'm basically just directing. I made a film last year called The Rundown that The Rock starred in, and, and then Friday Night Lights is my third film. You've, you've made the, the transition f- fully from acting to, to directing. Yes, so far so good. Uh, Buzz Bissinger is with us, and so is Peter Berg, because it's, uh, Buzz, a week from today. A week from today, October 8th. Which is kind of cool because we're ahead of the curve on this. One week from today, Friday Night Lights hits the big screen. Right. It, it's Buzz's phenomenally successful book. Sports Illustrated says the greatest sports book of all time, Friday Night Lights, about high school football in Texas. 14 years ago, I guess, is, is when it first came out. And, right. and according right. to some of the material that I read in preparation for today, the book still sells 50,000 copies a year? Yeah, I mean, even without the film, it sells at the rate of anywhere between 35,000 to 50,000 a year. It's, it has sold over 750,000 copies. It's never gone. It's in its 39th paperback printing. Did you know when you were down there in Odessa, Texas, you know, uh, years ago that you were on to something this big? Well, I mean, I knew I had a great story because it was so almost – the intensity of it was just like nothing I'd ever seen. And the pressure on the kids was like nothing I'd ever seen. You know, I knew I had a great story. You never know, is it really going to sell? But I felt it was also an experience because it focused on the kids that other people could relate to. There's no way that this book would sell what it sold if it was just a story about Odessa, Texas. I've had thousands of people come up to me and say, this book, I relate to the kids. I relate to the pressure they feel, the magnificence, the glory, the pageantry, the dreams, uh, the crushing of dreams. But it's it's exceeded all expectations for this thing. It, you know, it just it just won't die. It endures forever. Peter, when did you read the book for the first time, pre or post publication? Uh, just just after he finished it, I got an advanced copy of it. I was just out of college uh, in out of, in Minnesota. I read a copy of it, sat down, read it in one reading. I was electrified by the book. I thought he did an incredible job of taking really just hardcore football and kind of combining it with this great character study and this really intense sociological exploration of community and culture and all of the things that went into making up a football program. Is is the movie uh, honest to the facts? In other words, were there any liberties taken with regard to bringing the movie to the big well, screen of, that mean, didn't of, happen? I mean, of course there are. I mean, it's a Hollywood movie. It, 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 Pete was not out to make a documentary, and anyone who thinks that you know that's the intent of Hollywood, to make a documentary, it's ridiculous. I mean, I wrote the book... I've seen the movie four times. As you know, I don't I don't BS around if I like something or I don't don't like something. The book to me, the movie is very faithful to the essential spirit of the book and themes, which is always about the kids, about this incredible roller coaster journey they're on, what's going on on the field, off the field, how they come through it, and you know much of what is in the in the book is in the film. There are some things. Uh, left out, but I mean, in terms of integrity to the book, I, I think it's a great movie. Uh, I want to—I don't want to take for granted, Buzz, that my audience is familiar with Friday Night Lights. Okay, right. maybe at the other end of the dial they sure. are, but you know, we're, we're politically driven here, and current events sure. uh, is our focus. Sure. The, the 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 basic story. How would you encapsulate? I mean, the basic it? story is I followed a high school team in 1988 in Odessa, Texas, the Permian Panthers, which were then the winningest team in in the history of of Texas. Uh, they would get fifteen to twenty thousand to a football game on a Friday night. They built a high school football stadium at a cost of five point six million dollars. Football, even with more complexity and intensity than I imagine, really was the glue that held this town together. It affected every fa- fabric of life, whether it was race, whether it was gender. And so I chronicled the season. I got into the sociological issues of racism and misplaced educational priorities. But at the core of it, was following six kids on the team and the coach as they try to make a run to win a state championship, to go to state 
and uh, as they call it, and they make it to the to the the championship game. I'm not going to ruin it for right. anybody who hasn't uh, been there. Right. Or they read come the book. very very they, right. They come they come you know within a whisker. Uh, they come very very close. That's right. He's right. got a great article in this uh, this week's Sports Illustrated too. Just for anyone that's listening that's even remotely interested, uh, we, he went back last month and chronicled what's happening to these guys. A fantastic article. And Billy, I should Billy, add, I mean, the you know the book, as you know, when it came out, was very controversial. I mean, people in Odessa were livid. We're livid. I mean, more than livid. They threatened me with bodily... I couldn't go back down to do book signings because they threatened me with bodily harm because the book is honest. It's very evocative of the kids. It's clear that I love them, but, I mean, it doesn't flinch in the areas of racism and, you know, crazy educational priorities because, I mean, football just ruled everything. It was more than king. It was king, queen, prince, everything. Billy Bob Thornton plays the uh, the role of the coach of the Permian Panthers, Mojo, and... uh, uh, he's a great actor. I thought all the acting in the movie was terrific. Um, I want to talk to you guys about the movie, and I thought an interesting perspective to offer to you would be not only my own, but my father's. Okay, and you're wondering, well, why did he bring his dad to work today? Let me let me tell Cause you, because you're, you're lonely. I think. No, no, no. I'm not lonely at all. You saw those lines when you walked in the door. I, I my here are my dad's credentials. Okay, For the, here's dad's reason. First of all, because he's my father, but second of all, because. Dad refereed high school and college football for 25 years uh, and uh, has been the voice. You see his jacket? He's very proud of his association. CB West. He's very proud of his association with CB West, which... He should be. As right, as, as, as he should be. And for 20 years was their voice and was there for the whole record streak of 57 wins and four state championships. And Buzz... I remember saying to you after Friday Night Lights came out, why did you go all the way to Texas? I mean, you got this incredible program here in Pennsylvania at CB West, and you were knowledgeable, of course, about the CB West football program. And, Peter, you told me you saw the final game, which was... One of, uh, one of my favorite films, truly, of all time. Which is a documentary yes. about, about CB West very, football. Very influential on how we decided to film Friday Night Lights, the final game, that documentary. So last Friday, because uh, someone was kind enough to say, come to an advanced screening of Friday Night Lights, Dad and I went down to the uh, Delaware Avenue and saw the movie. And at the end of the movie, when we walked out, he said to me, what'd you think of it? And I said to him, what'd you think of it? He said to me, what'd you think of it? I said, I thought it was a great movie. I think the thing's going to do extremely well. I'm there to be entertained. And this is a very entertaining movie, and people are going to love it, and I think it's going to go gangbusters uh, for you guys. But Dad had a different take. He didn't like the messages of the movie mm-hmm. to the extent that you set out to, to, to have any messages in it. I think you'll find it interesting what, what, what Dad has to say about it uh, as a defender of high school sports generally. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We are going to break and then come back and let Dad offer you some thoughts on Friday Night Lights and, and, uh, and, and offer you one man's perspective of, uh, of your movie. How's that sound, guys? Sounds great, man. Let's All go right. for it. <laughs> okay. I'm ready, baby. I'm ready. No, no, it's nothing like that. But, you know, I mean, he, he pointed out some things about the movie that, if, that, frankly, I'm just sitting there eating my popcorn and drinking my soda that went over have my you, head. Uh, have you read the book? He has not read the book. He's watched. Right. He has got about watched five minutes. I'd read the book before you talk. Uh, you know, let me just say this: If you cheap shot my dad, you're I'm leaving. Not cheap shot my dad. If you, if you, I'm not. I'm not cheap shotting. But you, if you cheap shot my father, you should have read the book. Oh, okay, wait a minute. So now, are you serving notice that people you don't want them? Let's be clear about this. You don't want people. To I, come, I, oh, I, oh no, wait, Buzz, hold it. You don't want people to come see the movie. Unless they've no. read the book. Bu- oh, you're not saying that, no. are you, Buzz? No, but if Buzz, but, Buzz, but, but don't, the message don't, of the film Buzz, is, is 
precisely Buzz, like the message you're of the my book. Friend. And I just like people to be informed just when they're about to, to make a fool of themselves. That's you're all. my you're my friend. If you cheap shot my dad, I'm not you're cheap out shotting of here. your job. If, you, if your my, my father has seen your movie, are you right, interested you know to know what he thinks of it? I'm out of here. Okay, then leave. Forget oh. it. Okay, Buzz is leaving I'll, because I'll stay. We'll talk. We'll Peter talk. Berg's going to stick around, but Buzz yeah, yeah, right. is is going to leave. I, you, you don't even want to hear what a guy with his experience has to think about your movie. I want to hear. I'll, I'll get into it with him. All right, you're not going to have to get into Whatever. it. Whatever. This guy's got a senior movie. He looks like a nice guy. To you me. would He's think, got a nice smile. You would think that Buzz wouldn't be so ill-tempered that he'd be interested no, in I one man's review of the movie. All right. Well, we'll be back in just a minute. We'll be back in just a minute. Here's Lorraine Rinaldi. 822, 22 minutes after the 8 o'clock hour. It's it's an incredible morning we're having here. Here's the bottom line. We're, we're talking about a brand new movie that hits the big screen a week from today. It's called Friday Night Lights. It's, it's based on the book written by Buzz Bissinger, who until six minutes ago I thought was my friend. I mean, I offer Buzz an acknowledgement in my book saying that his role as a writer has been a source of inspiration to me, but... Moments ago, he dropped the F-bomb on me and walked out of the studio before he even heard what my dad had to say, because I, I was invited to the screening of the new movie. Peter Berg directed it, and Peter, thank you for the courtesy of sticking around. I took Dad with me because my dad, high school guidance counselor for years, uh, high school football referee for 25 years, involved with right. CB West football forever, he knows more about this subject than anybody else out there. Listen, I thought it was a good perspective, and I think Dad was going to offer... To Buzz and to you, his thoughts on Friday Night Lights, which were essentially, Dad, what? I'm disappointed that, that Buzz left because my question to him was going to be, why did he write the book? And did he have to scour the country to find a situation that suited his thoughts on what football is about? I saw the film, and my, my question is, is that real football? And it's not. It seems as though he may have selected an atypical situation. Yes, there is. There are football programs in the state of Pennsylvania where this kind of situation may exist. But overall, football is a positive thing. and it's, uh, What you thought, Dad, when you came out, in line with what you're saying now, uh, and, and Peter Berg's the director, so we'll t- talk to Peter about it. You didn't like the way it portrayed high school athletics generally because you thought that it was, it was going to give up a, a sort of a black eye to high school athletes and to, to some folks in the school system. Isn't that generally what you thought? Absolutely. I, and... Uh, the, the opening of the movie where it says, this is a true story. Now, I sat back watching that movie, and I expected I was going to see some factual things. However, I'm sure factually it was the school. It was the place. The scores and in, in the, in the games that were played, it was accurate. My question has to do with the incidences. The incidents Let's of, Just be specific, sir. You're being very vague. You're not I'll making give much you one. sense. Be okay. specific. I'll give you one. Talk about. I'll, I'll give you one that Dad talked it. to me about Go after the movie. Booby Miles, because people haven't seen the movie yet. Okay. Booby Miles is, is the great black hope was in the film. one of the number one offensive uh, players in the nation in 1988. Right. And, every, and, and, you know, he's, he's obviously a gifted athlete, and, and what ends up happening is that he suffers an injury, and another kid in the movie can't find his helmet quickly enough, yes. and Booby gets sent back into the game. Game, and yes. on that play, he gets injured. Yes, factually accurate. Booby got injured. In reality, Booby got injured in a um, in a preseason scrimmage. He was put back in the game when they were up big. It was a preseason scrimmage. It wasn't actually a game. And the coach did feel quite guilty that he let Booby Miles play. That injury did. There's a great story on Booby Miles in this week's Sports Illustrated. It's a wonderful story that Bissinger wrote. Basically, every single thing that happened to Booby Miles in the movie Friday Night Lights is 100% accurate, 100%. Booby Miles was called a big old dumb nigger by his coach when he got hurt. 
Booby Miles was thrown out like garbage by the community. Booby Miles was given academic, um, uh, was given a free academic ride. Booby Miles was paid one dollar a yard by the boosters for every for every yard he would run after a game. Booby Miles is the first guy to tell you that his life was, in fact, uh, human a human waste because of the fa- because of the emphasis that football was put on his life. Well, see, that isn't what I was. My reference is to the social aspect of the thing. But be specific, uh, please. Be specific about the girl having the sex with the football player. The father comes out and sees this this situation with his with yes. the daughter and the son. Yes. And the father looks like played played by Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw yeah. Looks like I mean like he came he was a Neanderthal as he comes out of there. Because he had is hair it, on his chest? I don't it, understand. No, no, about the, the the way the thing was it was so dark and and dim and You don't I, like I, the I way we shot it? I don't understand. I, no, no, what what he's saying is he didn't he didn't like the portrayal of the father, father. as being a bad seed beaten up on his own kid cuz he didn't like the way he was playing football. Well, let me just Did say the let, father let me kick out that. the windows in a car. Yes, the father the fa- I mean, look, if uh, Charlie Billingsley, you're talking about a relationship between two real characters, Don Billingsley and Charlie Billingsley. If you read the book, which I encourage you to do, you will know that Charlie Billingsley was an alcoholic. He had rage problems. He was an ex-football player who won a state championship, who lived for that moment. He had a very violent and volatile relationship with his son. He was a womanizer, as was Don. They both brought a lot of women back to that house in high school. Uh, you know whether you like it or not. High school, uh, high school athletes are having sex with girls. It happens every day in every high school around the country. This was a very volatile relationship. One of the things I'm very proud of in this film is the fact that these two men were able to come together at the end of the film. And what most people uh, are saying is an extremely powerful moment when Charlie gives Don his ring. I've seen, I saw, I screened the film for the USC Trojans. I saw uh, grown professional a- uh, college athletes crying at that moment. This is life. Let me. Father, let me I don't know. Maybe you had. Obviously, you guys have a very tight relationship, and you never, you never hit your son. I, I'm, I guess you probably never lost your temper, or screamed at him. That's what happens in certain places. But I, I have. You been, might not like it, but that's what happens. But, but I have been there. I've been present. You weren't there. You weren't in I, West I have Texas. Presence in hundreds and hundreds of football games. But that didn't happen in football games. Let, let Dad respond, Peter. I have. Sure. I have been uh, a counselor. And for for many many years uh-huh. in one of the, the premier programs in Pennsylvania, right. my interacted with students, with parents, with coaches. As a referee, I I had thousands and thousands of of people and fans. But I think this is not a typical situation. Hey, wait, you, it's CB West you're talking about. No, I'm talking about my experiences as a referee. I was on college campuses, I was on high schools, and I saw the attitude of people. I saw the attitude of players and coaches. This and to me, this portrayal, the violence. The hitting and well, now we're co- talking. About, I'm, sorry, I'm just trying to keep up with you. You were talking about something that happened in a house between a, an, a drunk father and a son. Now you're so you can't. You were not there. So now you want to talk about what no, no, happened? No, wait, in a wait, time out. Time out. Time out. And but Dad, look straight ahead so you stay on that mic when you're when you're responding. Here's what he's saying, and I think he's saying it pretty clearly. What he's saying is that he's been around high school football mm-hmm. for a long, long time, and that he believes that this movie to tell a story brought out the very worst and a typical right. aspects of high school athletics right, well, and that it's going to be a negative portrayal and an unfair one of high school sports. I would say that Billy Bob Thornton, in his speech to the team at halftime, delivers what I think to be one of the most poignant and beautiful speeches I've ever heard a coach say. He says to the team, "It doesn't. the scoreboard doesn't matter. What matters is putting each other in your hearts, 
and, and keeping each other in your hearts forever. It's about friendship. It's about love. He tells his team to put love in his hearts, and that's more important than winning or losing. I mean, to me, that's about the most positive message I've ever heard a coach say. The coach of CB West, Mike Patain, Mike Penton, in the film The Last Game, if you want to see an example of a maniacal, hysterical coach who screams and abuses his players more than anything I've ever seen, who was a guy that we used as a role model, who divides his family, who was so obsessed that he can't stop working to the point where he wants to destroy his own son in a football game and his mother's taking Xanax, she's having such an anxiety attack. I, I would ask you to look at your own program, sir. That was a pretty insane, intense, highly aggressive program. As far as you being a ref and not witnessing intense parents, I would ask you to go to the uh, New England he's three not, years ago. Peter, Hold, excuse me, I'm finishing. He's not saying and, that they and don't exist. A, look at a, um, I don't know what he's saying. No, no, look I, at, a, look at a father who beat a, a, a ref to death on the ice in front of his kids. I didn't put any of that in, sir. I don't know what planet you're living on. High school sports are very intense. There's a dark side and a light side to them. The reason Bissinger's book is so so good and receives such accolades by everybody that I've ever heard of except for yourself is because it's real. You might not want to face reality. That's I, your I, problem. I've got to take a break. Hold it. T- time out. It's my show. It's half past the 8 o'clock hour. I'm Michael Smirconis. You're wondering, what in the world did I just tune into this morning? She's got to sit there for a moment. Peter Berg is the director of the new movie, Friday Night Lights. Buzz Bissinger wrote the book, but he walked out on me after dropping the F-bomb about 20 minutes ago. My dad's here because we went and saw the movie together, and guess what? We were invited. My dad doesn't like the movie. I I thought it was a good movie. That somehow has gotten lost in translation here. I thought it was a good movie. My dad doesn't like it because my dad has been around high school football forever, and my dad believes that it's it's another Hollywood effort to give all that's good about high school athletics a black eye. Is that a fair encapsulation, Dad? Can you turn up my dad's microphone, Pete? No. Is, is that fair? Absolutely. Absolutely accurate. All right. I got a break. What, a, what an unbelievable morning. Maybe I should have stuck Maybe I should have stuck with the debate. I, I think I'm going to referee <laughs> at this point. Oh, my Lord. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program. Weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts— to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.